Welcome back to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast, where we discuss the nature and appreciation of transformations. I am your host, Edwin Adams, and today, extraordinary entrepreneur and athlete, Andrew Pabia. Man, um, what a great way to start the day is with uh, a superhero that walks amongst us. So, man, <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm I think it'd be the have, same way. Glad to have a little bit of your time today. Dude, we met, you know, we were trying to figure this out um, at a wedding we were recently at together and we were, we were trying to connect our paths and, and I, I think I identified click funnels as, as the, the eventual time when we connected and then through an amazing, um, sequence of events, we connected again through the cave lifters of Alabama, which are uh, again, another cave of greatness that I, I am lucky enough to have discovered with Dan Windsor's uh, mentorship there and and now having an opportunity to really get to the core of who Andrew Pabia is uh man this is nirvana f- for me so happy Wednesday my friend thank you man happy Wednesday I appreciate you a lot for having me on yeah absolutely well first of all how is your beautiful little family I mean what what a little pod of greatness you've created so kudos <laughs> to you man Thank you, man. Uh, they are good. Um, we got some exciting things coming up. Bentley's seventh birthday is coming up. Uh, Legend is, you know, growing uh, at an insane pace. And it's just so funny to see like his personality unravel day to day. And um, uh, we got a surprise coming up for Bentley. None of nobody in this little family has been to Disney before. So that oh. we're super excited to go to Disney. Angel, I think, is more excited than anybody. But Bentley doesn't know. So he'll find out on his birthday. Uh, at his birthday party and then on his birthday we're going up to uh oh incredible to, uh, now, when do i show up what date is that that you <laughs> um, I'm all in. dude man we're gonna go i think from the 27th to the beginning of the month or something like that or the 26th i, I don't know oh actually i'd have to ask angel i know it's right after um the jujitsu tournament that i'm doing this uh on the 24th so See, you're you're nonstop. That, I think that's why you're a captivating soul. I, I mean, you've got a um, this this core of of energy and drive that comes through in, in I would say every facet of your life. And I know this this comes from a story that that you have and a choice that you made a long time ago to either be average or not, and, and you chose the latter. Yeah, I, I would say any adjective used to describe Andrew does not come near the word average. So I'd love for you to share with my listeners who may not know you a little bit about your story and that pivotal moment where where you decided you're not going to be like anybody else. You're going to live and step forward into what truly is your authenticity and your your potential for greatness. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I got started. Um, well, I don't, uh, let me, let me start before entrepreneurship. Cause you know, a lot of times I get on entrepreneurship podcasts and I'll start with where that started, but you know, uh, like growing up, man was, you know, average. Um, we had, I mean, I, I went through my fair share of troubles as did everybody else, but, um, I had a kid in high school and, um, and, and before, prior to that, I was, a, I was a troubled kid. Um, like I, I would be, I got kicked out of three school districts uh, at the beginning of high school and just was, um, you know, my parents got a divorce in the seventh grade. And I think that really affected my behavior at the time. And I just kind of um, did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. 
at my mom's and and I just uh not that she wasn't you know she was going through her own battles and so I was just kind of figuring out life myself and ended up in trouble many 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 times and it led to me getting kicked out of the central school district and the Smith Station school district and then uh getting kicked out of a, a district in Atlanta and then coming back and appealing with the board uh in Phoenix City and so that's how I landed at Central which is where I rekindled with my wife now wife um who was uh on the cheerleading squad. And I was just like, yo, I want to, I want to get in here and prove myself. I'm going to get into, uh, back into sports. I'm going to, um, prove that I can stay out of trouble. This is at this time I'd moved back in with my dad. I, I knew it wasn't going to be as fun, but I knew I needed that, uh, that stableness in my life just did that, um, through those, you know, through that, uh, time in my life. And so, um, uh, just decided to be disciplined and buckle down, but I, you know, <laughs> didn't, I stayed out of trouble with the law, but we ended up having a kid, you know, in 11th grade year, which was, it's not necessarily, you know, it's just not ideal, you know, when setting up a family. And, you know, I looked at a bunch of statistics about teen dads and how many of those, um, how many of those people after school live under the poverty line and, and it just wasn't looking good for me. And so I, um, you know, after going through some hard times, after high school, because we, we, we ended up figuring it out, you know, we, we graduated and, uh, and after going through some hard times in, in high school, uh, uh, or after high school, you know, I was just found myself spinning my tires, man. I was going to school to, you know, hopefully be a nurse. I thought I was going to be a nurse at the time. It's so funny thinking back at that. Cause I totally could not see myself being a nurse now. Um, and I was working full time and I was coming home and I was trying to be daddy and husband um, and it just was a man, it was, uh, I was working myself to the bone and, um, not seeing, a a, a result from what I was doing, like not being where I wanted to be. And so it, it boiled down to one night in November, 2017, man, me and my wife were standing in a kitchen full of empty cabinets and we were trying to figure out how we we're going to feed our two-year-old or it, it wasn't, it was more like we were having this conversation, like, Hey, we're negative in the account right now. We got rent coming up and we ain't got no food. So it took me turning to like family and friends and, um, so the, you know, it's not like we had nothing, no resources. It was just embarrassing. It was wildly embarrassing. And, um, and so that's kind of my pivotal moment into this, um, into just entrepreneurship and finding my own way. Um, you know, I, so I, I decided to go all in and, uh, try to find my own way. I don't know what it was about me in that time. Cause usually I think the normal person, it's like, oh, you know, I got to quit school or something, go full time to work. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know why this didn't uh, click in me, but I was like, no, I'm just going to figure out how to make more money. Um, and there was, matter of fact, bless his soul. He'll never know how I changed my family's life. But I, I found a guy named Bob Proctor um, and Bob Proctor. Um, it was just a video. Like, so at the time, Conor McGregor was, you know, I, you, you know, I'm an MMA fan, man. Um, Conor McGregor, this was like peak of his reign this time. And Conor McGregor at the time kept talking about this law of attraction thing, and it was super mystical. And um, I, I wanted to know about it, and so I started looking into it. And Bob Proctor broke it down to a science, so it wasn't all this mystery. There's there's a science behind this, and he basically talks about how if you can convince your subconscious mind that you can do something, you 100% can do it. And um, and so that's what I did, dude. I wrote out some affirmations, taped them over a car radio. <laughs> And like my broken car radio, I had a 2300 Accord that was the, and, and the radio didn't work. So I was like, what's the best way for me to get these things in front of myself so I can remember to say them. And so anytime I got in the car, it was, 
you know, I'm going to make six figures this year. Or I am make, I'm so happy and grateful that money comes to me in increasing quantities on a continuous basis, you know, those kind of things. And uh, sure enough, man, it wasn't like, dude, I made $17,000 in 2017. So, you know, it was cool to say it. And it was even really, it was, it was weird to say it in the beginning. And my wife looked at me like I was a loony. Um, but uh, it, you know, after a little while, I started to actually believe it. And um, it started to roll off the tongue a little easier. And I started to actually believe it. And then, dude, the, everything kind of just pieced itself together. In January, I had this idea, like Eureka moment. I was like, babe, I'm going to launch an online business. Like, I, I'm going to make this happen. So I did everything I thought I needed to do. I went out and I got a suit from JCPenney using my Pell Grant. I <laughs> I got a, uh, I paid an attorney to write up some contracts that I might, I got one client on. Um because I didn't realize that contracts were editable. I thought you need to go have a contract written up. And, and maybe you do for certain things, but this is like what I was doing wasn't necessarily one of those real big. It's just, you needed. Anyways, uh, so as I, dude, I got me a little suitcase, um, uh, had a little laptop that I would carry around with me. And I just started knocking on every business's door in Columbus. And, and, and it was, uh, it was a huge blessing, dude. I, I ended up landing my first client $2,000 a month after getting a hundred no's, which by the way, I, I learned the hard way that day. What's crazy, man, is dude, God has a beautiful way of painting a story because I, I look at, I look back at that time. And as I was, I was, I knocked on every door, man. And you know, that first day I was so pumped to be an entrepreneur. I was like, I'm going to, I'm doing this for myself. And like, I'm so excited. And, and I knocked on every door and I got no all day long. I'm talking, it had to be over a hundred businesses that I talked to that day. And, and so the last business, I didn't have enough money in my tank to go to where I wanted to go. So I just called them on the phone and their front desk answered. And I gave them my whole little social media pitch over the phone. He's like, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm the front desk, but I'll, I'll let the, I'll let the higher ups know. And then dude, I went home and I was like, man, this thing's not going to work. I went to sleep, took a nap. And when I woke up, I had an email from the vice president of a, um, of a, uh, a company called Gills auto sales here in, uh, here in the area. <laughs> so dude, that was kind of where it rolled. I, I hopped into a couple of meetings with them. Dude, didn't really know exactly what I was, you know, I was learning as I was, uh, you know, delivering this pitch, like I would, uh, cause I didn't know everything about social media yet. I just knew it could be done. And so I went on YouTube and I, I did some research of like how to, how, like how the social media marketing works and how social media management works. And then I would go into the meeting with them and I'd say, Hey, listen, and I just blurt out everything that I, I had learned from YouTube. And so that's how I landed my first client, man. And ever since then, dude, the, it's, it's wild. I mean, there's more to the story. I built a company and then sold a company. Um, yeah, man, it's weird. Yeah, I, okay. I've already got a thousand questions. So I, we're, again, I say this every episode because everybody is so fascinating to me, um, particularly where they come from and the decisions they made that got them to where they are, they are today. So my mind is, my mind is blown way back at the beginning of your story when, Clearly, your awareness was increased enough to know you needed to make a hard decision in the first place, right? I, I, I mean, Man, there's circumstances, I really... circumstances are surrounding you, and where most people would fall prey to that, you've victored over it. Um, how did you? How did you not become a victim to your circumstances? Is that a faith thing? Because I know you're. You're a man of faith. Is that the core? 
that you had to fall back to in order to move forward? Oh, absolutely. Faith, faith was the, always the number one, always the number one. Um, but I knew it was, you know, I know it was, I knew it was going to take action from me and, 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 a, and a decision because, and I don't know why I was built this way, man, but I never really felt bad for myself. You know, I, I, I never looked at my situation and like thought it would stop me ever. Like no matter how hard it was at the time, I, I don't know. I, I just knew I could get it done, man. I always had a winning attitude and I don't, I don't know exactly where that came from. I think I actually, you know what? I, I, there, I have a theory. Um, my dad, when I was really young, man, any t- it was just, you know, words of affirmation is my love language. And my dad was so good about encouraging me when I was a child, just, he used to tell me, you're good at everything you do. You're good at everything you do. You're good at everything you do. And I think, I think he really ingrained that in me at a young age. And, um, and man, I just, you know, I never really doubted myself. I don't, I don't know why, but I, yeah. I'm blessed to say that. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's so drastically different than most people who, who may not have had that initial programming fall prey easily to circumstances and, and do not have the um, winner take all attitude. Absolutely. But it's changeable, you know, like that was, that was the pivotal, like that was the, the core thing that I got from Bob Proctor. So he talks about your, you know, you have, um, as a kid, you're, you're, you have a subconscious mind that's so easily moldable. And, you know, uh, as you get older, you tend to kind of form or, or form into the things that you see on a day to day. So a lot of times if you woke up and you watched your parents just like, uh, just struggle with money for their entire life, barely able to make ends meet. A lot of times that's how people end up. If people, a lot of times kids whose parents got up, you know, uh, like went straight through college with flying colors. A lot of times those kids will go on and do the same thing. Um, So it's, it's really like that capacity is set at a young age. And then it's a decision. Once you, as you get a little older, it becomes a decision and it's like, okay, we have to reprogram we have to reprogram ourselves. And really it's just like, I think I just learned that at a good age. Um, like, uh, like that, that t- the timing of finding Bob Proctor was like, I, I mean, it was impeccable, man. And uh, I don't know why I just took it to heart, but I did. And I, I took the small advice that I, he has, like, he, he had a bunch of other programs you could buy into at that time. I could not even close to afford it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, just that one YouTube video. I always Amazing. point back to that YouTube video. It's Amazing. Crazy. You know, I, I I know you know I'm a fan of John Maxwell and and spend a lot of time with his content. And he refers to Bob Proctor quite a bit. And he has a very similar story um, um, to yours, Andrew, in that John Maxwell wanted to buy a sales program. And, and I forget if it was Bob Proctor's or, or somebody else's, but it was going to cost him and his wife, like $750. And he knew this was the answer that he needed. He knew he needed the information in order to go to the next level. So he saved and he saved and he saved and he eventually bought the program that he he still puts on stage today in a box. It's this old tattered box of, you know, seven modules that he read through that empowered him to then figure out this entrepreneurial game that he went on and, and he, 
I guess, persevered through the circumstances to save the money, to get the program, to make the decision. Well, he made the decision early, I guess. He said, I need to make some changes. He saved the money. He bought the program. He took massive action. And then John Maxwell is where he is today. And, it, it, you know, hearing you talk about it was just one YouTube video that affirmed your decision making. And I'm, I'm just so respectful of that because I think in our programming that might not be good programming as, as young kids, we, we forget that we have the power of choice. So how would, how would you remind someone, um, a young man 25 to 35, who has fallen prey to bad programming or an outdated operating system and is facing a pivotal point in their life where they need to make a decision, but they don't know they have the power. How would you nudge them in that direction? I would say they have to have a paradigm shift, first of all. And I know that's a lot of times it's harder than it, uh, it's easier said than done, but uh, you got to get comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable. And I know there's a lot of people that say that it's a hundred percent true. You got to be willing to do the little things that other people aren't willing to do. Like, like, while everybody was going and watching funny videos, cat videos, whatever they were watching on YouTube, I just made a decision like, hey, I have I have a, a goal that, you know, I, I want to make a difference in my life. And so I was just seeking that information on YouTube and just happened to find something that I actually did. Um, so I think if as I think as as long as the intention is there, um, mm. you know, nobody's perfect. You know, it, you're not, it, like it hardly ever. Do, do things completely like click right away but uh it can man just attending a seminar watching a youtube video one thing that somebody says in just the right way at just the right time can completely change your life so um, what i hear you saying is curiosity is really what got got you there right you something caught your attention that made you curious to know more is that fair to say um i i would I would say that's a part of it. I stayed curious. I stayed wanting to learn more. And, um, but, but setting the intention for, I would say was the first thing. And then, you know, as you find yourself uh, pursuing something, it's just the, you know, I'd say the number one thing is just getting around. Like, like it's, it's actually so simple, man. You know who Ty Lopez is? Yeah. I had the chance to speak with Ty Lopez in, in uh, Vegas after the thrive conference. And I was like, man, what what's the number one what would you attribute to be the number one contributor to your success and he's like dude mentors he's like it's as e it's literally as easy as finding somebody that is doing what you want to do and then just paying them to have the like like have to teach you the the exact roadmap roadmap to do it and now my life has gotten wildly simpler just because okay because that concept is there a lot of people don't want to part with their money um to to learn something i think that i don't know I, my 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 thoughts on education are just different you know because a lot of people are like you got to go to college to learn certain things and of course you do of course you do um but i just you know i know you don't have have to to make money <laughs> um so i don't know man it the the, the intention first and then just you know, seeking the information and, and then being curious and, and finding somebody that's going to say something that's going to change your life. Yeah, I think those are those are critical core components. And it I think it also speaks to people's relationship with money, right? How, how has your relationship with money evolved 
through your entrepreneurial journey? I mean, going from zero food in the cabinets and wondering about how to get what you need to now having abundance. I'm, I'm Dude, curious that journey. I'm, I'm actually excited to talk about this because it's, you know, it's a, this is a paradigm that I think, you know, I think and maybe it's a pair. Here's the thing is I'm not perfect with money now um, because there's more of it, you know, you know, things still look nice, but uh, in this, but in the same regard, I, I still make silly decisions. Um, and that would be the number. I, I would say if somebody's going out and looking to make money, build something big, that'd be the number one thing I would say you need to uh, familiarize yourself with first. And I'm give me, don't get me wrong. I'm way, way more responsible than I once was. Like, dude, when I first started making money, let me tell you something, Dr. Edwin. I, when I first started making, let's say, dude, when I first had my first 50K month, it was like, or 75K month. Uh, dude, we had, I mean, it was probably 65, $70,000 in profit. Extremely lean company. I never saw more than $10,000 in the bank account ever ever like all those months that we had all like dude i just never like it was like the i'd see it in merchant pro i'd charge somebody we'd have all this money coming in and i would see the money in there and i would already have it spent in my head now given i think i, I think i had i think the only reason I, I didn't like tank myself is because all of that a lot of the, i was just in a growth mindset so all of that money was just like going back into my brain um uh so I paid in a ridiculous amount of mentorship programs. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it as well. Um, but yeah, I just reinvested everything. Um, even to the point to where like, I would still see negative in the account all the time. Cause I'd be like, yo, I need to be in this program. I need to be in this program and just, and just not be thinking about it, man. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, th this is something I, I run into all the time with clients is that, there is this overwhelming compulsion that they have to fix a weakness or acquire more knowledge in order to take action. And I would say your strategy was, was a little bit different from that. You, you, you decided to go, go all in really based on a core set of values that carried you forward initially. And I know you just talked about feeling like you need to know more, you need to know more, but those two are a little bit different for me that you had already taken action and were, were now trying to, to either hack or shortcut the route to success by, by learning something from someone else that you didn't know. So help me make that gap. Um, getting people not to spend so much time on building up a weakness before they take action and, and maybe step forward from a strength that you already have. And then how do you scale it from there from a knowledge perspective? How do you find a good mentor? Can, can we go those two di different areas? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, let me just say, man, um, I've like, I don't know why, um, but I, I'm super interested in the way that I work because I understand that the way that I work isn't necessarily how everybody else works. And for whatever reason, I'll tell you this, I'm not the most organized person. Actually, I'm far from organized. If I'm, gonna be, <laughs> if I'm completely honest with you, I have to hire people to be organized for me. Um, but I think that is a piece of it. I, I, I'm a very futuristic thinker. I'm like my number one strength is like I'm driven by competition. And I don't think I wasn't thinking about any competition at the time, but maybe it was with myself. Maybe it was just the idea of being able to beat the statistic of, uh, of you know, the teen dads and teen moms falling below the poverty line past high school. Um, but I don't know, man. I just... 
I just never really, I knew there was, I would never know exactly what to do. I just needed to take a step. And it's always just about taking that next step. And you know, you know, I would say is I would say that I didn't even know that at the time. I didn't even know that it was just about taking the next step. I was just doing things and having faith and and just believing that it would all work itself out. And I and I know that now. It's like, yo, if you have a big picture in mind and you're just taking the baby steps to get there, no matter how big, you'll get there eventually. It's about setting that intention. Um, but I your second question was regarding um, uh, information or, or mentor. Yeah, I think once you've set the intention and, and, and you've moved forward to some degree toward your goal or your dream, and you're, you're no longer in that stuck or stagnant state, you've moved forward. Now you're wanting to acquire some information to scale your influence, if you will. Oh. So you're looking for a mentor at that point. Uh, I'm curious who your mentors are or were, if you will, and how you chose them. Yeah, man. So at that time, um, and now, you know, it's, uh, right now my, my mentors, I would say that attributed to my success specifically in the digital space, um, you know, were there's a guy named Johnny West. Well, first off, there's a guy named Dan Henry who, um, I don't know if you know anything about Dan Henry, but he's like a, a guru in the online space. And at the time he had a course called FAFE. That was the first time I'd ever invested in myself. When I landed my first client, landed him at $2,000, um, paid my bills. And then I had about a thousand left over. I'd spent that last thousand that I had on that course. Um, just cause like, like John Maxwell was saying, I just knew it was the answer. Um, it just kind of aligned with where I was trying to go. And it actually, it, it was weird the way that he, you know, way, the way marketing is, man, I didn't even know what was happening at the time, but it just fit so perfectly. I was like, dude, I'm, a, I'm trying to be a social media person. And he's like, hey, are you a social media person who's doing all this for your clients? He's like, I'm like, yeah, that's me. He's like, well, in this ad, he's like, dude, you, all you have to, you don't have to do, forget all this other social media stuff. All you gotta do is generate them leads and you can automate that. And they're still willing to pay you the big retainers. And so I was like, bro, this this is a, this course is what I need for sure. So um, I ended up buying that and then uh, scaled a little bit here in town. So that gave me the 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 real core knowledge on how to get real, give real value to a business. Um, and then you know I scaled it to here around town to just below I think 10k. And then um, there was a guy named Johnny West who was teaching people how to sell like digital master classes and products and host little uh, online masterminds and things like that. And so I, uh, I, I had at that time, I think I came up with uh, 3K and uh, just being resourceful. I, I went to my dad and was like, hey, uh, can I uh, borrow $2,000? And which was a crazy ask for me at the time. I'd never asked for anything like that. Um, but that was the, the most expensive thing I had ever paid for outside of um, outside of my car. Like I paid $2,500 for my car. So that was the most expensive purchase of the time. It was just in that mastermind. And, and then, um, yeah. And then I scaled my income even bigger. I think we got like around 15 to 20 K per month, but it was still up and down. And, um, uh, you know, I would say around that time was the time I started going to the click funnels events. And so that's probably the time that you met me. And then I met a guy named Joel Kaplan and, you know, he, 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 you know, I, when I met this guy, this dude was scrolling through a spreadsheet and I was like, Hey dude, which, um, I, I got introduced through a buddy at the, at the, uh, 
at the Gaylord where they were hosting the event. And um, I was like, well, what you working on, man? He's like, I'm just looking through clients, but he was scrolling through the spreadsheet, dude. I was like, I was like, wait, all those are the clients. And he's like, yeah, man. And then he goes on to tell me like how he runs this um, agency that's doing multi seven figures. And I'm like, dude, I was like, oh, and this, this was a, this was another like a decision thing for me, which was, I don't know what, what made me do this, but I knew myself at the time. Cause it was, dude, I, I named a handful of mentors, but there were so many programs that I bought that I just didn't go through. Like, I was just like, ugh, like I paid like 400 bucks or 500 bucks. And I, I, I loved the marketing and I know I needed the skill, but I was just so busy cluttering my life with everything else that I never went through it and um, didn't take it, didn't take action. And there's this, there's this saying in the entrepreneurial space, I'm sure you've heard it. It's like, uh, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. And so this, uh, this, so this guy, I was like, dude, I will pay you a thousand dollars right now to teach me what you do to get clients. He's like, dude, he's like, what, what is this? He's like, yo, man, he's like, just buy me a coffee. And I was like, I was like, I would love to buy you a coffee, but I know if I don't pay you a thousand dollars, I will not take whatever you say seriously. And so I, I, I PayPal this dude a thousand bucks right then and there. He spent an hour with me going through his at exact client acquisition process. And then two months later, I was like, I was at $15,000. Two months later, I was at 75,000 in MRR. Um, that was so, the most expensive cup of coffee you've, you've yeah. ever paid for, <laughs> but probably yeah. the best ROI you could get. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. That was the biggest ROI uh, thing at like, you know, that I would say that was the biggest direct effect ROI that I'd ever gotten. Um, Cause I just went home, did exact, exactly step-by-step step what he said to do. Boom. Instant results. It was insane. Um, and then I actually, that guy ended up building a whole program off of me. Cause I was like, dude, I'm sending you a testimonial right now. He did. He was, he told me he's thinking about doing a coaching program. I was like, well, do it. Um, so, and, and then he ended up blowing up really big in the coaching space. He's still doing that now. Um, he actually sold his agency as well. I sold my agency in 2019 and, 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 you know, I've gone on to like focus on other people, um, like helping those people scale through coaching and through done for you programs that I have. And, um, you know, I'm at a point in my life now where I just kind of gather what I want to gather when I want to gather. I have, um, you know, I was actually, I was looking through your funnel, uh, right before we came on. I was like, man, I'm actually really interested because right now leadership, like, uh, that's not really, uh, you know, I think I have a lot of leadership qualities, but they weren't built on the intention of just becoming the best leader that I could possibly be. Mm. And so I think that probably is going to be the next kind of, um, um, focus of mine is just oh, I, I love that Andrew there 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 is clearly a gift that you have to share and and in, in John Maxwell verbiage he believes leadership is influence so I think the world is is waiting for exactly that which you just said um your your influence on another level um Andrew you've also had influence and you've mentioned this to uh, a, a little bit before you're you're a competitive athlete you're an absolute machine when it when it comes to uh, it's either jujitsu or M mma either way you're a fierce fighter um has that always been or was that a skill you developed hey brother are you there oh okay. there you are all right okay cool so I wasn't sure if that question came through. And so you, uh, you were, 
it cut off in the middle, but you were asking. Uh, yeah, I'll start over. It, yeah, I'll, ju I'll just clip this out and, and start over. So you've alluded to before the fact that athleticism and competition has played a significant part in, in your development to date. Um, has that always been, or was that a skill that was instigated by something? Um, so I've always just, you know, I have been competitive, like by nature and just a competitive person. Um, and I grew up in martial arts. Like one of the first things my dad ever put me in, um, at a young age was a, a, a karate called Gojuru. Now I wasn't a huge fan of this. It, it was the whole teaching discipline. You wore the, the gi and there was the belt system. And, and I actually made it to a brown belt it, as a kid in Gojuru. I think that more was like, uh, you're spending time and you're learning basics, but I, I got, I, I, I got it, but I, my heart wasn't there at the time. Um, I was just going cause my dad was making me go. And, uh, but I always wanted to, like, after learning the skill, that initial skill, I always wanted to take it competitively. And somewhere, like, in my early teens or maybe, I, I, my dad took me to an actual MMA gym. And from the day I stepped in that place, I wanted to compete. Um, that gym at the time wasn't big, and it really wasn't the right circumstances. But I got a lot of fundamentals th through a handful of years there. Um, I went and boxed for a little while right before I started my business. I, I actually had a fight scheduled for the for the month that I started my business and I told them and I've been training for months and months to get down to this weight and and I was just like guys I can't I can't I can't uh I can't do it I, I've got to I'm doing something else and uh but yeah it, I would just say it was it's something I've always wanted to do um and now I'm just doing it uh you know because I I that I put the competition because competition really fuels me and allows me to be my best um, like I just did a strengths test. I, I forget what it's called. It's a really famous strengths assessment. Um, and my number one is competition. It's just what drives me. I don't know why. And it was really cool. Cause I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense now. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I just, uh, about six or seven or eight months ago, I was like, I just looked at my life and I was like, man, I've been lifting weights and I've, you know, I think lifting weights really just kind of allowed me to go somewhere and still be at like work on my physical self mm -hmm. um and there were times where like I was in and out of it and um but business was a constant and there were so many times where I had to put business and family first and so now that my life's a little different I I you know I was like well why am I not doing something that I love so much and why am I not pushing myself to be the competitor that I know I can be because it's not like my career depends on it I could I could you know if I don't like it I could just quit if I wanted to so I was like, I'm just going to do it just, just for the sake of loving it. I'm just going to enjoy the process. And I've gone back in and dude, I've done like four or five tournaments. I've placed second in uh, two pretty hard divisions. I've, I've double golded twice. So I've gotten four uh, first place medals in some, at Naga Nationals 2022 and then um, Naga Orlando. And now I've got a big one coming up on the 24th. This is like the most prestigious it gets before you start getting into the invitational stuff. Um, uh, it's called IBJJF. It's an international tournament. So there are a bunch of people flying in. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it, man. I, I, I don't know what it is that drives me uh, to be a competitor, but uh, I just, it, it allows, I think it just, it's a, a almost a, a source of accountability for myself. Cause I'm like, I have something in front of me. I need to be right in mind and body in order to be the best that I can be at that thing. So yeah, that's, I mean, I've just been competing and I've just been enjoying it, man.
Yeah, oftentimes that that's the first step, right? Is making sure the mind and the body are right and in alignment before you step forward in anything external in this world. You you really do need a, a operating system check, right? I, I mean, Absolutely. you assessed your strengths, you identified competition is it, and you found a process you enjoy. I think that's the other thing, uh, the, the other takeaway that I have is that I think a lot of people are so fixated on the outcome that the the process either makes or breaks them. Uh, and I think if you fall in love with the process and enjoy that, you're you're going to get to the outcome, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, you know, I think that's sometimes easier said than done as well. Because um, when you're so broke that things depend on it, um, it can, you know, it can be tough, but it's just about having faith at that point, you know? Um, on those times I was on my knees, man. I was just like, please, Lord. I was like, please, I know I trust you. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do everything that I, I can to do, but I just, you take it from here. And so, you know, faith in those, in those times, but. Oh, I love that. You know, another great takeaway there, surrender and, and have faith. I think that's a, a, a great lesson for us all to pay attention to. Andrew, your trajectory of growth and influence and intention are going to continue to fly. And I'm I'm so privileged to at least have a, a a way to connect with you and to follow you because I'm inspired by the spirit that you you put forth in this world. And I think the world needs young leaders like you who are captivating, intentional, and spiritual at, at, at a core level. So thank you for that. Thank you for your influence. It is seen and appreciated, my friend. If people uh, want to follow that uh, trajectory, how can they do that? Um, Instagram at Dylan Pabia, D-Y-L-A-N-P-A-B-I-A. Funny, I've gone through a little bit of a branding change recently. I, uh, you know, I've all, so when I started my online business, I had my full name on my Facebook profile and that was how I grew my business. And so my socials were the same way. Uh, and, you know, so everybody in business got used to call me Andrew Pabia. And here recently, I don't know what it was in this past year, but I'm just like, dude, why am I like, I almost feel like it. I, there's two different me's. There's Andrew and then there's Dylan. Everybody at home calls me Dylan and it just feels more home when people call me Dylan. And so I was like, man, I, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm changing all my socials and people will just have to get used to it. <laughs> and, and people are like so confused by it. I'm like, look, they're like, don't feel pressured to call me Dylan. I'm just rebranding so that all the new people coming in can know Dylan. Um, bring them home, bring them bring home. Them home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew in business you were called Andrew. So I wanted to be respectful of that uh, on the show. I know. And at the end of the day, like if you go look up Dylan Pabia, uh, you might get some old singing clips on YouTube and, <laughs> and you might get some, maybe a MySpace, but the, like everything of my branding, all the articles, all that stuff, it's under Andrew Pabia. So uh, for SEO purposes, <laughs> Andrew probably is probably better anyways. Oh, I love it. Well, man, thanks for your time today. What a great conversation. And I hope it's not our last. You're a captivating soul out there in this world. So keep doing what you're doing, man. I see you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. God bless you, man.